Ahoy? <laughs> Libby, are you there? Oh dear Libby. It's me, Monica. Can you hear me? Um, we've hit a pivotal point. This is pivotal. I'm not trying I'm you know, I'm gonna be dramatic, but it's just because that's who I am. Um so nothing <laughs> nothing outside of that. It's not I'm not being any more dramatic than I would usually be. But we've hit a fork in the road, so to speak. Now, I did a thing, and I'm continuing to do a thing. And so here's what it is. Here's the deal, Lib. I shared this podcast with, like, I share, like, the link. I gave a link. <laughs> That's what I mean by I shared. I have referenced it before, but I have never given a link until recently when I shared it with me boss, Clavin. And our uh, Sky uh, Squidward's, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what, Agile Coach, Scrum Master, whatever. I don't know what the word. I don't care. <laughs> um, Jason P., which I'm not going to lie. Libby, you may have heard me say J the name Jason. You may have heard me say Jason P. before. And yes, you're right. I have had a Jason P. co-worker previously that, that, <laughs> you know, stirred me up, so to speak, in terms of, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into it. Um, but uh, here we go. We have a, <laughs> we've got a different one now. But um, he could be listening right now. So, hey, Jason P., um, this is, I'm just telling my friend what's happening and I'm just going to use this as a learning moment. That's all I'm, that's all my intent is here. So, for everyone out there, Libby, Jason P., whoever else, Emily, I don't, Luke, of course, um, potentially, I don't know. I don't want to say of course. Everyone's listening. Oh, yes, that's how I should act. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change, that's what, this is where it changes. And, um... <laughs> Everyone is listening, right? Because everyone could be listening. So yeah, of course, everyone's listening. You're listening. Hey, shout out. No, <laughs> because I've been listening to a lot of Hey Babe and Taste Buds and they do it specifically on Hey Babe where they just like, they're like, yeah, they're listening, of course, and shouting everyone out. But of course they are famous. And so their potential for being, <laughs> oh, that's why it's funny. But um, anyway, so here we go. Here's the deal. I shared the link and um. I said that I was afraid to share the link, okay? I did say I'm afraid, but here. And when, for, this is when I started reading Frankenstein. Now, specifically, okay? You, I suppose you could go back and listen to things before that, but, um, you know that, oh, I was reading then knowing that you didn't know, but now you know, so maybe you, you, uh, everyone knows, everyone can hear me, and I have no fear in sharing how I feel. Here's my point. I shared the link. And I was, it was indicated to me by JP that he, they, I don't know the pronouns, perhaps I will clarify, um, love the book. So we're looking forward to it. And I did, I totally prefaced it. I totally, I totally was like, I hope I, quote, you know, I open, I close my team, I close, which I'm going to say this about closing teams. I close Microsoft Teams and it doesn't close. Like I'd have to go into the task manager and end that task if I actually want to close it because that bitch is always open. But anyway, my point is, is that I close that shit for the weekend and I open that shit right now because <laughs> for the record lib, today is Saturday. 
<clears throat> October 22nd, 2022. It is 12.48 p.m. And I'm gonna read to you letter four of Frankenstein, but before I do that, I'm gonna tell you a lot of things. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you all the things because that's what I do. Um, so this is one of the things. So anyway, I opened Teams so that I could quote things because I'm not going to be misquoting. But, quote, JP quote, I love that book. Okay, more words, but I'm not going to quote them. Quote me, I hope I don't disappoint you. Unquote. Okay, I said more words, but whatever. Quote, JP, I don't see how you could, i.e. disappoint me. I don't see, okay, Imp implying, okay, okay, yeah, 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 all right, then I read them, I start reading them, they listen, then, then, scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, oh, here we go, here it is, quote, JP, so I have listened to a solid half or better of the Frankenstein reading you did, I just need to ask, are you on leave from the hospital? Ha, laughing face, crying laughing face. Now, hmm, hmm, are you on leave from the hospital? What does that mean? What does that mean? Because I can read a lot of things into that, but I choose not to. <laughs> I reply in humor because that's the only way I know how to react to my life. <laughs> because if you, because honestly, how and I feel like Libby, maybe you feel the same way. You've had a lot of like, you you've had more things, more ridiculous, absurd situation. I'm not saying this is an absurd situation, but I am saying that you've had the most audacious situations in your life, and I wish that you did not have to live through the traumas that you did. But I appreciate so much that you are able to look at them and find humor in them and be like, this is a fucking hilarious because. Like, wow. You know, like, the people, people are so funny. Like, we're all just ridiculous. And so to be able to just be like, uh-huh, <laughs> and tell and just like, live through it and to continue to let it strengthen you and move on. Yes. Okay. I'm here for it. So, but here's, here's the deal. I have responded in humor with perpetually, my dude, I don't feel fear in sharing for nothing. JP, quote, yeah, I can tell. <sighs> All right, quote. See, this is a group chat. This is me, Jason, and Clavin. Clavin, sh shout out Clavin. Clavin, my boss. Best boss I ever had. I'm gonna say that. Happy boss day. I missed that. I didn't say it to you. I said it didn't stand up to everyone else. That's not you, Clavin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how big of a deal boss day is to you. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Clavin comes in with a quote, I am not as far, but nothing unexpected so far. Thank you. I love you. You know me. I mean, that's what it says to me is that you're not shook to hear anything I have to say because you've already ha ha heard, you've already heard me spout about because we'd have one-on-ones bi-weekly, okay? Bi-week. If you had to sit with me for 30, 30 minutes, <laughs> Libby, imagine this. We have a 30-minute meeting scheduled bi-weekly. Now, what do you expect from that? Yeah, we're not going to be just talking for 30 minutes. That meeting is going to go for at least 45 minutes, close to an hour, and then because it pinches on lunch, we're both just like, mm, yeah, let's cut this short. Because 
you might be getting hangry. I'm not quite hangry. I know the feel of hangry. I'm not going to force that on to you, Clavin. Clavin Clave. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah. Okay. So that's, 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 that's the conversation. So I just want to say this. I just want to say this about, um, joking about people being on leave from the hospital implies implies that I'm on leave from the mental hospital, implies that I am in fact mentally ill. Now, you are bingo boy, bingo, bingo, bingo. I am mentally ill, I am. And I never ever denied that shit. I am very open about it. So, <laughs> because I struggle with it, I could easily be triggered by someone teasing me about it, especially someone who I don't really feel like knows me that well. So I just want to say this, anyone out there joking about, um, mental illness, it's not, why is it funny? Like, I don't get what, I mean, those that have it, it's funny, but it's also like, that's the same case when you think about a medical condition, like Lily. Like Libby, your sis, your your sis, Lily. She's a diabetic. She's, I'm assuming, type one diabetic, and so making jokes about diabetes is cool and fun for her to do. But it's a different thing for someone who doesn't really know her to come in and throw it at her and be like, "Are you on leave from the hospital?" It's like, what the hell? So my health is at risk, and you joke. It, it's not funny. Okay, my physical health and my mental health are the same health and I just want everyone to know that about themselves and I just want everyone to know that it is okay to talk and to seek help if you need help for your mental health if you need to go to the hospital for someone to help you then do it if you need to take medication to balance your chemicals so that you don't feel like your life is worth nothing, then do it, baby. I want to see you living your best life. And I want to see me living my best life. And I want everyone to be living their best life. And that's why I'm here reading to you so that you can be living your best life while hearing a story. And I can be living my best life trying to tell you a story that I have never read in my life, baby. I have never read it. <laughs> So I'm just going to throw that out there. Now, that's the it. That's the it. <laughs> that's the it on that case. Um, I'm going to keep going. Um, what else is happening today? I We're going to go carving pumpkins with, oh my goodness, we're going to get family. Now, I'm not trying to rub it in, Libby, because I know that you're not physically close to your family, which um, is, I, I know it can, yeah. So I'm not trying to rub this in, but I get to go hang out with my family. So, I mean, not my, well, they're mine now. <laughs> they're Jared's family, which that means they're mine, baby, because <laughs> I'm married in. And um, so, yeah, the chillins and I'm going to get a haircut. I'm really looking forward to that, hopefully. Now, if I don't get a haircut, that's okay. I will just have to speak to the sister. I need to speak to my sister. <laughs> I don't have a sister. I got a sister when I married Jared. I'm so happy about it. Um, and she's a hairdresser, and so uh, we're going to her house to carve pumpkins, and the, um, yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> what else, what else? What is happening today? Jared went to get lunch, right? Oh, this is a thing. Jared went to get lunch, and 
Uh, before he did that, I was like, please, please, will you go get me lunch? <laughs> because guess what? I woke uh, today. I just, I feel like I woke up early because I was like awake at nine o'clock and I was laying, laying in bed awake, but I didn't really get moving and I wasn't like showered and doing like until like 11, 1130. Um, so he, then after I showered, he was showering and I'm just like, um, okay, I'm hungry <laughs> because I thought we had a discussion about breakfast while we were both awake, just laying in bed. And I don't, he apparently did not interpret the severity of the situation. So I was like, please, I want Dunkin' Donuts. That's all I want. Because yesterday, uh, I didn't get Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and Zach was like, you know, Zach my co-worker um he is like uh, friday is duncan and i'm like you're right i should splurge on duncan and um get a, a doordash i should splurge on doordash and have it sent to me for 25 dollars when i could just go there and buy it for five and it's not actually a joke because today where's my phone where to have my phone at what have my phone what have my phone oh Okay, that's okay. I, I can't find it, but I'll, I'll, I'll roughly, I'll, oh, I could open the messenger. That's what I can do. I'm going to do that. Now, I really appreciate Lizzo because now when I cannot find my phone, I have a song to sing. Now, I'm not going to go full into the, my interpretation of her song because, I don't know, it's just too much. <laughs> Here it is. I put in my cart on, on DoorDash so that I could send it to Jared so that he could go to <laughs> Duncan, look at my DoorDash order, read it to them, and purchase it. I put in my cart a bacon, egg, and cheese, fried egg, American cheese, croissant, except it's not a croissant, it's a bagel. Don't play me like that, it's not a croissant. Then I also got an iced latte, a medium regular whole milk, toasted almond, and coconut syrups. Uh, 561 okay so allegedly the subtotal is ten dollars and 59 cents now a delivery fee is 2.99 which duncan is like five blocks away from my house so i could just walk like it's by the it's like right i don't know if you know libby but it's like right on campus basically it's right by the cousins if you know where the cousins is um actually speaking of that intersection that's the gas station that they're they tore they didn't tear they tore out the gas pumps but because they're gonna be put a roundabout in there so they took out our closest gas station um anyway so duncan's like right there uh and so allegedly all of these things and then plus i think you need to tip your, you need to tip your driver because that's not part of any of this so all of that money all of that money is like close to twenty dollars and i think what did jared say what did jared say he said 8.95 lol doordash is a scam <laughs> and i mean it's business baby and that's basically what I said it but I'm just like thank you for going there and saving me that but <laughs> so yeah that's what I'm slurping on today that's my ice latte which I first I was like oh oh yeah I didn't I don't know the syrups they had flavor not sweetness I guess I don't know it's just not but maybe it does add sweetness and I'm still just I don't know but I didn't add any sugar I'm just powering through it doesn't taste sweet but maybe that's the whole point i don't know i don't know i'm not really a coffee drinker as you may know Olivia. 
I don't, I mean, I'm, I think, you know, I don't know. I drink coffee when I'm around you though, because I'm like, yeah, when I'm around Libby, I just want to be high on caffeine. So I never have to sleep because you're the best thing ever. And <laughs> the same about Emily. Like, yeah, that's how I feel when I hang out with you guys. So, but that's what friends are for, right? So anyway, um, I don't think I have any really much else to say. But so that that means that we're gonna that means we're gonna start reading. We are going to read. Yes, we're reading. I don't know. I'm reading. You're listening, which means you're reading. <laughs> Where were we? This is letter number four. Okay, to Mrs. Savile, England. Classic. It's. August 5th, 17 dash, who knew? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I really, the dash is so vague that I really wish that I had some perspective on if it was closer to 17 or closer to 18. I mean, could it just be like 17 air, up arrow, down arrow? I would really live for that, but it's not. Anyway. <clears throat> I have no idea what kind of voice, and this is, we all know this. Now, if you've been here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, everyone who may be here that n never listened before. I did read a couple of Harry Potter books, and I did start reading Game of Thrones. So, if you were here at the beginning, none of my behavior at this point should be surprising. <laughs> But what, that's, I guess that's fine. That's fine. Um, I don't need to, I'm not apologizing. I'm not apologizing for being myself. If you were afraid of that, don't be afraid. Okay, here we go. So strange an incident has, oh right, I forgot this is old timey. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. This, I don't, okay, sorry. You know what's up. Except you don't know what's up. I for I this you know what's up. So strange an incident has happened to us that I cannot forbear recording it. Ooh, here I am recording it. I cannot forbear recording it, although it is very probable. Ooh, here we go. I this is so juicy that I cannot resist just falling into whatever voice feels right, and I know it's not consistent. But, ooh, it is very probable that you will see me before these papers can come into your possession. Last Monday, July 31st, we were nearly surrounded by ice, which closed in the ship on all sides, scarcely leaving her the sea room in which she floated. Oh my god, okay, this is actually, now I'm f immediately gonna diverge into a conversation that I had the other day. The other day, I had a combo. That combo could have been a year ago, I don't know. <laughs> now, um, but actually, like, it was probably, like, within the last week, but realistically, when I say the other day, I really have no idea. Okay, if it pops in my head, it feels like immediately the other day. Jared and I were talking, and he's like, I gotta show you this thing on Google Earth. You gotta see the sea monster. Now, I've seen a sea monster on Google Earth before, but I don't think it was this one. He zoomed in on some remote peninsula of Ant Ant <clears throat> Antarctica, and in that 
peninsula like by the colors you can tell kind of what it is you're like oh that's white or gray and that's a glacier if that's a dark blue that's water so there was like this water there's like this hole like a lake i guess like a hole in the glacier where and so you zoom in zoom 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 and then you see this like thing i don't know it was like a it was a shape it was a fish when you measure what did he measure it out no i don't remember um i'm gonna now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna guess i'm gonna throw out a number and say a hundred meters long a hundred meters that's a long that's a big thing and it was like flourishy i think it was like it kind of looked like a giant jellyfish but like it was like watery and you know you can't i don't know but i've seen a different see i don't think it was I i thought it was on the northern the northern part of the earth <laughs> every once in a while i'll find like a video or something that's like oh these coordinates on google earth if you zoom right in you find the monster and i've done it and it was like more like a squid it like like the one that i saw was more like long and skinny and i think that one was 90 meters long and then maybe that's totally convoluting my remembering of the conversation that i had with jared the other day but any anyway that's kind of what i'm imagining but Maybe not also because I don't know how anything works around here <laughs> or how realistic this writing even is. I don't know. <clears throat> Our situation was somewhat dangerous, especially as we were in, we were compassed round. Compassed round. Oh, okay. I, I might say encompassed, but maybe that's just me new speaking. Compassed round by a very thick fog. We accordingly lay to. Oh, <laughs> lay to. I don't know what that means. Lay to. Lay to. Hoping that some change would take place in the atmosphere and weather. We accordingly lay to. Hurry up and wait? That's what it's giving me, but I don't know. About two o'clock, the mist cleared away and we beheld stretched out in every direction vast and irregular plains of ice which seemed to have no end some of my comrades groaned and my own mind began to grow watchful with anxious thoughts when a strange sight suddenly attracted our attention and diverted our solicitude from our own situation what do you mean your solicitude from your own situation um so you were all just oh maybe you just mean that you're ha- all having your own like particular your own personal fears and not being like our group is in danger <laughs> what okay i don't know because it feels like the whole situation is your situation like everything that you see and cannot see and can imagine is your situation but uh, all right oh did i tell you this libby i got a new chair i'm sitting in my new chair um at my desk that's upstairs. I was sitting in that creaky old, <laughs> the creaky old, well, it's sitting next to me now. I love you, chair. But um, it was $10 at the Goodwill, I don't know how many years ago. It's a wooden dining room chair. I got it for my, for when I lived in that house on Union Street. Um, but I got a new office chair. Jared and I went down to the recycled, now I don't, uh, I can't remember. Ooh, yes I do. Recycled office environments. That is a place, but um, they do primarily like bulk things for like businesses, I think, where they like buy 
um, used furniture from places that are getting new furniture and then they clean it up and assess it and fix it or whatever and then resell it at a discounted price and so they do that for businesses but they also have a small showroom where they have odds and ends that you can purchase for your own home office and so I only knew about this place because Robert told me and I so then the other day I was like Jarrett because it's literally right across the highway but like highway 39 it's like across the highway from Squidward and but you can get there going under under the highway you can go the low way baby you can go on a trail I think it's the Heartland Trail but it's like I think maybe a part of the green circle I'm not sure but basically you can go under the highway and you're right there in their parking lot um and so I had been meaning to go for a walk like dirt like just take some time out of the day while I was at work but I kept forgetting about it and then the other and then I don't know what day it was um <laughs> but earlier this week I uh <clears throat> mentioned it to Jared and so we went over there and then got us got my got me a chair and brought it back and he brought it upstairs for me the deer he's such a deer and um I sat in it and worked in it for a couple more hours and then my back hurt and I was like oh I've made a terrible mistake but then I thought to myself Monica you've been sitting in this shitty old chair hunched over like an old granny with osteoporosis of course of course your back is gonna hurt when you sit in a chair that forces you to sit up straight and hold your head up with with the muscles that are in your chest and back <laughs> so yeah okay so that's where we're at and i'm sitting in my new chair <laughs> um but i've also forgotten where we were <laughs> yes okay Mm, two o'clock blah 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 yeah, yeah we groaned out doo, doo, doo. oh right our own situation right mm, diverted our solicitude from our own situation here we go we perceived a low carriage fixed on a sledge and drawn by dogs pass on towards the north at the distance of half a mile a being which had the shape of a man but apparently of gigantic stature, sat in the sledge and guided the dogs. I'm imagining a Yeti. I mean, what else can you imagine, right? Is the abominable snowman with his sled dogs. And this, I've seen, have you ever seen a sled dog race? Because they are shockingly close to um, me, <laughs> sorry, Lib. I don't know how close a sled dog race would be to you, but in the UP, they have um, the UP 200, and I volunteered for that a couple times um, for di for various organ. It very, I think one of them was rug when I was on the rugby team. We volunteered, and um, I'd oh, I had just gone down actually. I had just gone as like a as just a spectator downtown because they they would sh bring in snow. I don't know if I, I I don't know if you know this or if I've ever told you this, Lib. Um, so there's like the main street, and I don't know if they still if it's still exactly the same setup. But when I was in college there, which I'm 
<laughs> that was a long time ago. That was like 10 years ago. Um, oh boy, I'm old. Um, they would shovel in snow, like bring in snow, like truckloads of snow, dump, dump trucks of snow. Actually, probably, I wonder if they use like potato trucks. Um, because potato trucks have a lever, like a conveyor belt inside of them. I don't know if you knew that. I learned that when I worked at ADM, the, uh, grain elevator place, um, potato trucks have, um, like, uh, angled in sidewalls and then a conveyor belt in the middle that runs to, um, unload the potatoes and corn trucks are more like just a big hopper where they have like angled in and then there's like. At the bottom, there's like a spigot that they can open and, and drain the stuff. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm totally getting carried away. So they would bring in snow and put it like on the main, down the main drag and then close. I mean, obviously you couldn't drive down that road. They'd close it off and stuff for the event. And then that's where the race started. So people would come down and then you'd be like just in city, just like standing in the street, drinking your hot cocoa, watching the sled dogs um, and their people on their sleds, just like starting their race and cruising down the middle of the street. It was really cool. Um, okay. Anyway, here we go. Oh, wait, pussy. Oh, right. This is a gigantic. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. This is the Yeti. <clears throat> we watched the rapid progress of the traveler with our telescopes until he was lost among the distant inequalities of the ice. I've been on a glacier before, have you? I, when I went to Alaska, we visited a glacier. I think it was the Mat Matanuska Glacier. <clears throat> All of the pictures, I hate the way I look and I should just, um, stop giving a fuck, but... <laughs> Maybe someday. Uh, oh, actually, no, never mind. That's not, that story wasn't on the glacier. All right, here we go. This appearance excited our unqualified wonder. We were, as we believed, many hundred miles from any land, but this apparition seemed to denote that it was not, in reality, so distant as we had supposed. Shut in, however, by ice. It was impossible to follow his track, which we had observed with the greatest attention. All right, and there it is. The assumption that it's a he. I think not, baby. This could be a gigantic lady. About two hours. Oh, speaking of gigantic, la <laughs> gigantic ladies. Um, remember that time that I was told by Jim that um, boys don't like giants when I was like a teenager or whatever. Um, which, yeah. So this is, this is going to segue right in because our Bible study group, because the Bible study is happening again um, that runs through the school year. So um, I, we met up last, I don't know, a couple weekends ago um, for that. And the book is on forgiveness. And at the end of the meeting, Bonnie Garkey CPC says to me, maybe Jim should be the person that you forgive or that you focus your forgiveness energies on. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> of course, that's what 
the book that we're reading is telling me I, of course I would think, no, I shouldn't. But here's the thing. I don't really care. I don't interact with him anymore. And I just, I forgive him for being, uh, for being ignorant and for being an attention seeking um, fool. I forgive him. I mean, I don't really, it is what it is. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Thinking about a gigantic lady just reminded me of that. All right. Uh, <laughs> about two hours after this occurrence, we heard the ground sea, and before night the ice broke and freed our ship. We, however, lay to until the morning, fearing... Oh, yeah, laying to is just waiting around. Fearing to encounter in the dark those large, loose masses which float about after the breaking up of the ice. Large, loose masses. Are you talking about other large pieces of ice? I profited of this time to rest for a few hours. In the morning, however, as soon as it was light, I went upon deck and found all the sailors busy on one side of the vessel, apparently talking to someone in the sea. It was, in fact, a sledge, like that we had seen before, which had drifted towards us in the night on a large fragment of ice. Only one dog remained alive, but there was a human being within it whom the sailors were persuading to enter the vessel. He was not, as the other traveler seemed to be, a savage inhabitant of some undiscovered island, but a European I'm sorry, that's fucking hilarious. So he was white, so he wasn't a savage. Oh, love it. When I appeared on deck, the master said, Here is our captain, and he will not allow you to perish on the open sea. On perceiving me, the stranger addressed me in English, although with a foreign accent. Oh, I don't know what kind of foreign accent. Before I come on board your vessel, he said he. Will you have the kindness to inform me whither you are bound? You may conceive my astonishment on hearing such a question addressed to me from a man on the brink of destruction, and to whom I should have supposed that my vessel would have been a resource which he would not have exchanged for the most precious wealth the earth can afford. I replied, however, that we were on a voyage of discovery towards the northern pole. Upon hearing this, he appeared satisfied and consented to come on board. Good God, Margaret, if you had seen the man who thus capitulated for his safety, your surprise would have been boundless. <laughs> oh my God. Good God, Margaret. I've gotta, I think I gotta just throw that at everyone now. <laughs> because... It's funny, and also because Margaret is a funny name to me because Jared's ex is named Margaret, and I could just imagine so many reasons to say, Good God, Margaret! to her. Um, but, and so for that reason, I just can identify it. But when, um, anyway, I only know one other Margaret who chooses to go by Margaret and not... Um, like a nickname. 
And that is the Margaret who empowered, who is one of two. She was 50% of the influence I needed to get my nose pierced in the summer of 2015. And that's Kendra's friend from Eau Claire. I think they were RAs together. And I'm pretty sure that she had an accident, like a devastating accident that I think she might be in, I think she might um, need to use a wheelchair um, because it was, I think she injured her spine, which is like, what? That's crazy. That's uh, like terrible. That's tragic. Like, I mean, I'm very, I naturally am very curious what happened, but I'm also just like, curious what she about her um her journey since then you know because that takes a particularly strong person and I wonder what her prognosis is because sometimes um sometimes you can work you can work to um build build the back up like I think my cousin my mom's my mom's cousin's daughter um, I think they were in an act like their family was in an, my mom's cousin's family was in a car accident and I think she had a spinal or a neck injury I'm not sure I think it was spinal injury um, that she had to use a wheelchair but she I don't know how long she needed to use the wheelchair because she was able to do physical therapy and gain um, like her her um, I don't know her motion back and she can walk now um, but yeah, okay. So Mar good God, Margaret. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put a damper on this, but good God, Margaret. His limbs were nearly frozen and his body dreadfully emaciated by fatigue and suffering. I never saw a man in so wretched a condition. We attempted to carry him into the cabin, but as soon as he had quitted the fresh air, he fainted. We accordingly brought him back to the deck and restored him to animation by rubbing him with brandy. <laughs> what? Rubbing him with brandy? You were just forcing brandy down his throat? Oh, and forcing him to swallow small. If you rub him with So you're physically taking brandy and rubbing it on him. I feel like, how is that helpful? How is that helpful at all? That doesn't add up to me scientifically. If brandy is an alcohol and alcohol evaporates quickly, which means that you cool down, which is like if you were super hot, you would want to put alcohol on you to evaporate it to cool yourself down because it evaporates like faster than sweat. And that's the point of sweat. But this is not okay. Maybe it's got medicinal effects to be rubbed on the skin. As soon as he showed signs of life, we wrapped him up in blankets and placed him near the chimney of the kitchen stove. By slow degrees, he recovered and ate a little soup, which restored him wonderfully. Two days passed in this manner before he was able to speak, and I often feared that his sufferings had deprived him of understanding. When he had in some measure recovered, I removed him to my own cabin and attended on him as much as my duty would permit. I never saw a more interesting creature. His eyes have generally an expression of wildness and even madness, but there are moments when, if anyone performs an act of kindness towards him or does him any the most trifling service, his whole countenance is lighted up, as it were, with a beam of benevolence and sweetness that I never saw equaled. 
but he is generally melancholy and despairing, and sometimes he gnashes his teeth as if impatient of the weight of woes that oppresses him. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, like, thinking of, um... Okay, so, Libby, it's been a while since I've <laughs> talked to you about my coworkers. <laughs> but, um, Aaron... Aaron is always suspicious when people do nice things for him. And it frankly feels kind of sad. Like, does that mean that people have never done nice things for you unless they were manipulating you? And now you've formed a coping mechanism to turn to be suspicious towards kindness? Um, because if that is the case, it is my personal mission to prove you wrong and turn that coping mechanism into trust. Um, but I, <laughs> because he's made comments to me before when like, Zach, or, or Zach, he's made comments to Zach before, like Zach, um, because he's quitting chewing tobacco and we're very supportive of him because that's awesome. And Zach brought him celery and pretzels. He brought him crunchy things. And what did I, I don't remember what, I don't know what it was, but recently See, I hope. I guess all I'm saying is that I, the, not that Aaron's a creature in the friggin' name, <laughs> but no, I just um, that's just kind of what it reminded me of. Okay, anyway, that's all I was thinking of while I was reading. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I need to reread it so that I can actually pay attention to what I read. <laughs> that's my biggest problem of reading out loud, it, like ever since, and I think it's, I think it's like stemmed from a very early age, like. I can read, um, but I just, when I read out loud, I really struggle to understand what I'm reading because I'm very, uh, I'm like worried about it, how it sounds. And when I say from a young age, it's because, I'm not going to say, it's because I've had the opportunity to read out loud from the young age, from being at church and having to um, open the Bible and read the things out of it. And um, yeah, so anyway... Um, but that's also, I'm just like, I realize, oh no, I'm just having a moment of self. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a moment of self. I'm going to take a slurp of my coffee and we're going to continue. All right. When my guest was a little recovered, I had great trouble to keep off the men who wished to ask him a thousand questions. But I would not allow him to be tormented by their idle curiosity in a state of body and mind whose restoration evidently depended upon entire repose. Once, however, the lieutenant asked why he had come so far upon the ice in so strange a vehicle. Excuse me, but how about you've come so far upon the ice in a vehicle I've never seen before? Tell me more. His countenance instantly assumed an aspect of the deepest gloom, and he replied, To see- Oh, I forgot already his foreign accent. Oh, man. <laughs> to seek one who fled from me. <laughs> and did the man whom you pursued travel in the same fashion? The man whom you pursued. How do you assume it's a man? Yes. Then I fancy we have seen him, for the day before we picked you up, we saw some dogs drawing a sledge with a man in it across the ice. 
This aroused the stranger's attention, and he asked a multitude of questions concerning the route which the demon, demon, okay, I don't know what this letter is, and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna internet search this word because Damon, Damon, alternate spelling of Damon. Okay, thanks. It's. I'm hoping that I'm saying Damon right, but maybe it's demon. Maybe I'm dumb. Um, because, okay, so it's D and then a symbol that looks like an A attached to an E, M-O-N. And then when I search for that, it says alternative spelling of Damon, D-A-E-M-O-N. Um, but then there's other references to this. Uh, which in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, Damon is a noun, an evil spirit. So is it Damon or demon? I don't know. Damon, Damon, as he called him, had pursued. Soon after, which he was, <laughs> sorry, when he was alone with me, he said, I have doubtless excited your curiosity as well as that of these good people. But you are too considerate to make inquiries. Certainly. It would indeed be very impertinent and inhuman in me to trouble you with any inquisitiveness of mine. And yet, you rescued me from a strange and perilous situation. You have benevolently restored me to life. Soon after this, he inquired if I thought that the breaking up of the ice had destroyed the other sledge. I replied that I could not answer with any degree of certainty, for the ice had not broken until near midnight, and the traveller might have arrived at a place of safety before that time, but of this I could not judge. From this time, a new spirit of life animated the decaying frame of the stranger. He manifested the greatest eagerness to be upon deck, to watch for the sledge which had before appeared, but I have persuaded him to remain in the cabin for he is far too weak to sustain the rawness of the atmosphere. I have promised that someone should watch for him and give him instant notice if any new object should appear in sight. Such is my journal of what relates to this strange occurrence up to the present day. The stranger has gradually improved in health, but is very silent and appears uneasy when anyone except myself enters his cabin. Yet his manners are so conciliating... <laughs> Present participle of conciliate. Wow, how th how great of you to tell me that. Uh, synonym is pacify. Thank you. And gentle. That the sailors are all interested in him, although they have had very little communication with him. For my own part, I begin to love him as a brother, and his constant and deep grief fills me with sympathy and compassion. He must have been a noble creature in his better day. What are you saying? I thought he was human. What are you doing? Ugh, okay, I'm sorry. He must have been a noble creature in his better days, being even now in wreck so attractive and amiable. I said in one of my letters, my dear Margaret, that I should find no friend on the wide ocean, yet... I have found a man who, before his spirit, had been broken by misery. I should have been happy to have possessed as the brother of my heart. I shall continue my journal concerning the stranger at intervals, should I have any fresh incidents to record. 
Okay, August 13th, 13th, 17 dash. So this is like a week later. My affection for my guest increases every day. He excites at once my admiration and my pity to an astonishing degree. How can I see so noble a creature destroyed by misery without feeling the most poignant grief? He is so gentle, yet so wise. His mind is so cultivated, and when he speaks, although his words are called with the choicest art, yet they flow with rapidity and are unparalleled eloquence. He is now much recovered from his illness, and is continually on the deck, apparently watching for the sledge that preceded his own. Yet, although unhappy, he is not so utterly occupied by his own misery, but that he interests himself deeply in the projects of others. He has frequently conversed with me on mine, which I have communicated to him without disguise. He entered attentively into all my arguments in favor of my eventual success, and into every minute detail of the measures I have taken, I had taken to secure it. I was easily led by the sympathy which he evinced to use the language of my heart, my love language, so to speak, <laughs> to give utterance to the burning ardor of my soul, and to say, with all the fervor that warmed me, how gladly I would sacrifice my fortune, my existence, my every hope, to the furtherance of my enterprise. One man's life or death were but a small price to pay for the acquirement of the knowledge which I sought, for the dominion I should acquire and transmit over the elemental foes of our race. As I spoke, a dark gloom spread over my listener's countenance. At first, I perceived that he tried to suppress his emotion. He placed his hands before his eyes, and my voice quivered and failed me as I beheld tears trickle fast from between... What? I am so confused. You say, me and mine, and then his, and then what? Okay. I'm going to start this sentence over because I'm puzzling myself. <laughs> At first, I perceived that he tried to suppress his emotion. He placed his hands before his eyes. And my voice quivered and failed me as I beheld tears trickle fast from between his fingers. A groan burst from his heaving breast. I paused. At length, he spoke in broken accents. What? What? Broken accents? Are these multiple accents he's speaking? Or are you just saying a broken accent from your own? Unhappy man! Do you share my madness? Have you drunk also of the intoxicating drought? I don't know how to do an accent at this point. I'm panicking. <laughs> Hear me! Let me reveal my tale and you will dash the cup from your lips! Such words, you may imagine strongly excited my curiosity. But the paroxysm of grief that had seized the stranger overcame his weakened powers, and many hours of repose and tranquil conversation were necessary to restore his composure. Having conquered the violence of his feelings, he appeared to despise himself for being the slave of passion, and quelling the dark tyranny of despair, he led me again to converse concerning myself personally. He asked me the history of my earlier years. The tale was quickly told, but it awakened various trains of reflection. 
I spoke of my desire of finding a friend, of my thirst for a more intimate sympathy with a fellow mind than had ever fallen to my lot, and expressed my conviction that a man could boast of little happiness who did not enjoy this blessing. I agree with you, replied the stranger. We are unfashioned creatures, but half made up. If one wiser, better, dearer than ourselves, such a friend ought to be. Do not lend his aid to perfectionate, what, perfectionate our weak and faulty natures. I once, I once had a friend, <laughs> here we go, the most noble of human creatures, and am entitled, therefore, to judge respecting friendship. To judge respecting friend. what? Oh my god, I cannot do an accent and read things that I don't understand at the same time, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have hope and the world before you, and have no cause for despair. But I, I have lost everything and cannot begin life anew. As he said this, his countenance became expressive of a calm, settled grief that touched me to the heart. But he was silent and presently retired to his cabin. Even broken in spirit as he is, no one can feel more deeply than he does the beauties of nature. The starry sky, the sea, and every sight afforded by the, these wonderful regions seem still to have the power of elevating his soul from earth. Such a man has a double existence. He may suffer misery and be overwhelmed by disappointments, yet when he has retired into himself, he will be like a celestial spirit that has a halo around him, within whose circle no grief or folly enters ventures. <laughs> Will you smile at the enthusiasm I express concerning this divine wanderer? You would not if you saw him. You have been tutored and refined by books and retirement from the world, and you are therefore somewhat fastidious, but this only renders you the more fit to appreciate the extraordinary merits of this wonderful man. Sometimes I have endeavored to discover what quality it is which he possesses that elevates him so immeasurably above any other person I ever knew. I believe it to be an intuitive discernment, a quick but never-failing power of judgment, a penetration into the causes of things, unequaled for clearness and precision. Add to this a facility of expression and a voice whose varied intonations are soul-subduing music. What were any of those words? Okay, so I just took a quick break, but I did not... Um, theoretically, I should have internalized some of what was just said, but no, no, I didn't. Um... <laughs> Um, but I did have a, I did have a thought and that thought was a, actually a recollection, a recollection or lack thereof. I do not recollect ever saying directly what I've been reading. So I'm sorry, I'm going to say it right now so I don't forget to say it at all. But this is Frankenstein or The Modern Prometheus by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. And I am reading it from Project Gutenberg's website and I was... Um, thinking that I want to go, I think I want to get a physical copy because I don't know where you live and you, you let me know. Um, but I feel like 
the book, the flipping of the pages, it's just more, it just feels, it feels more like we're, you know, like how I always want it to feel is like we're laying in bed, re reading a bedtime story. So, <laughs> um, I think I'm going to try and find a copy, but I'm going to make it, uh, maybe more fun than it should be to find one and maybe we'll finish reading <laughs> I'm reading it before I do that, but I'd like to look at some local stores before I or like order one online. But um, yeah, all right. So that was the end of whenever that August thirteenth, I think it was. Um, and then this is August nineteenth, seventeen dash seventeen dash. Who is the dash? Am I to assume seventeen fifty seventeen forty nine? <laughs> yesterday the stranger said to me oh crap on a cracker you know I know that I started with more like Russian and then I lost complete track of it went back to English I have no idea but <laughs> I'm sorry I don't know what a foreign accent is what a foreign accent yesterday the stranger said to me you may easily perceive Captain Walton that I have suffered great and unparalleled misfortunes I had determined at one time that the memory of these evils should die with me, but you have won me to alter my determination. You seek for knowledge and wisdom, as I once did, and I ardently hope that the gratification of your wishes may not be a serpent to sting you as mine has been. I do not know that the relation of my disasters will be useful to you, yet when I reflect that you are pursuing the same course, exposing yourself in the same dangers which I have, which have, <laughs> which have rendered me what I am, I imagine that you may deduce an apt moral from my tale. Dun, dun, dun. No, just kidding. One that may direct you, if now we're going French, if you succeed in your undertaking and console you <laughs> in case of failure, prepare to hear of occurrences which are usually deemed marvelous. Were we among the tamer scenes of nature, I might fear to encounter your unbelief, perhaps your ridicule, but many things will appear possible in these wild and mysterious regions which would provoke the laughter of those unacquainted with the ever-varied powers of nature. Nor can I doubt but that my tale conveys in its series internal evidence of the truth of the events of which it is composed. Okay, I'm going to take a... <laughs> Why would I not think that it's... Why would I? Nor oh. <sighs> can I doubt, but that my tale conveys in its series internal evidence of the truth of the. What? Okay, words are hard. You may easily imagine that I was much gratified by the offered communication, yet I could not endure that he should renew his grief by a recital of his misfortunes. I felt the greatest eagerness to hear the promised narrative, partly from curiosity and partly from a strong desire to ameliorate his fate. Huh? <laughs> ameliorate? 
state is to make better or more tolerable. Okay. From a strong desire to make better. Okay, yeah, sure. Ameliorate his fate if it were in my power. I expressed these feelings in my answer. I thank you, he replied, for your sympathy, but it is useless. My fate is nearly unfulfilled. I wait but for one event, and then I shall repose in peace. I understand your feeling, continued he, perceiving that I wished to interrupt him, but you are mistaken, my friend, if thus you will allow me to name you. Nothing can alter my destiny, listen to my history, and you will perceive how irrevocably it is determined. He then told me that he would commence his narrative the next day when I should be at leisure. This promise drew from me the warmest thanks. I have resolved every night, when I am not imperatively occupied by my duties, to record, as nearly as possible in his own words, what he has related during the day. If I should be engaged, I will at least make notes. This manuscript will doubtless afford you the greatest pleasure, but to me, who know him and who hear it from his own lips, with what interest and sympathy shall I read it in some future day? Even now, as I commence my task, his full-toned voice swells in my ears. His lustrous eyes dwell on me with all their melancholy sweetness. I see his thin hand raised in animation while the lineaments, lineaments of his face are irradiated by the soul within. Lineaments. A distinctive shape, contour, or line. Okay. A definitive or characteristic feature. Okay, what? Um, is this any particular feature on your face? Or is this just like your, this, your cheeks? I don't get it. Okay, whatever. Strange and harrowing must be his story. Frightful the storm which embraced the gallant vessel on its course and wrecked it thus. And that is the end. That's the end of the letter. The next thing we see is chapter one, so I'm assuming that's the uh, the story that this uh, this creature, this person, is going to tell us. Dun dun dun.